Howdy, folks. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of TGC Midweek. Jacob and Michael back with you on the pod, diving into another one of the spiritual disciplines. This week, Michael talking about learning. Learning. Have you learned anything new lately? I like to think I'm a lifelong learner. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think so. A lot of the things I learn are through unpleasant circumstances. <laughs> so uh, You went uh, to the school of hard knocks. <laughs> yeah, normally it's the, the school of doing something dumb and having to <laughs> fix mistakes. So I, we built some shelves recently, and, and, and I, I swear I was at Home Depot seven times oh, to get, that to get one more board. So yeah. I learned some very practical lessons, like when you're building the front of something, it has to cover the whole thing. And not just one part of the thing. It's almost worthwhile if you go to Home Depot just to stock up on the first trip and then tell yourself, I'm taking things back on the the back end. Yeah, I just didn't want to take like a 12-foot board back to Home Depot. (laughs) (laughs) But of course, I had to go seven times to get additional 12-foot boards. So, yeah. yeah. But talking about learning today, Mm -hmm. uh, this seems pretty general, broad. starting to think you're making these up. but. In this context, what do we mean by learning? Yeah, uh, in this context, uh, the spiritual discipline would be simply learning more about who God is, about who Jesus is, um, and uh, diving into the scriptures and other Christian literature and good teaching so that we might have right ideas about who God is. So this is specifically uh, Christian learning, not um, general secular education? Yes. Okay. And I guess we'd make the argument that everyone has ideas or thoughts about God, mm-hmm. and this spiritual discipline kind of forces us to begin thinking about um, how we uh, perceive God, um, what we know about Him, and, uh, and encourages us to continue that learning process because uh, the Bible, as you know, is one of those books that you can dive into and spend all of your life and at the end of your life, feel like you're just scratching the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, you're continually finding new insights uh, in the scriptures, um, continually finding new things that you can sink your teeth into, not because they're new per se, but because you're seeing them for the first time um, or because you're reading a book um, or studying a particular uh, doctrine for the first time. So are we, are we really just talking about why it's important to study theology or is it broader than that? Yeah, in some ways, I guess you could say that. Why is it important to study theology? Um, Because like we mentioned just a minute ago, everyone's a theologian. And it reminds me of this uh, C.S. Lewis quote where he says, I think any man who wants to think about God at all would want to have the clearest and most accurate ideas about him which are available. If you do not listen to theology, that will not mean that you've got no ideas about God. It'll mean that you have a lot of wrong ones, bad, muddled, out-of-date ideas. And so this idea of knowing theology Mm -hmm. um, is, I guess, one way that we could define the spiritual discipline of learning. So uh, why or what are some other ways or reasons that we should be uh, interested in this? Because... um, you know, it, it sometimes it can get kind of head in the clouds a little bit sort of thing. So yep. why should we really be uh, interested in this? Well, I think it's a, it's a good question because sometimes this spiritual discipline feels like it's not very practical. Sure. Um, and you almost want to ask, why, why are we learning? Are we learning just for learning's sake? And in some ways, I think it's okay to learn about who God is simply to learn about mm-hmm. who God is because it'll help us love Him more. Uh, appreciate what he's doing in our lives in this world. And in some ways, it 
what we know about God operates in the background of many of our relationships and activities and practices in life. And so even though we can't put our finger exactly on why it's important to know theology, um, it's almost an intangible. Mm-hmm. Um, it is important because we're driven by it even when we don't realize it. Yeah. Um, we're driven by it implicitly when we don't explicitly realize it. And if you think about it, I mean, Jesus himself was a learner. Um, he was someone who grew in wisdom and stature with God and man as he grew up. Um, he was someone that knew the Old Testament. And you know, in his humanity, it's not like he had a USB port in the back of his head that mm-hmm. he could just download uh, the Hebrew scriptures. He actually had to give himself to learning um, and to expanding his knowledge. In fact, some theologians would even say that he read the Old Testament scriptures in order to learn about his mission. Um, he knew what he was sent here for, um, but it, it, it broadened his horizons in hmm. some ways uh, about what he should be doing in certain instances. Um, and so Jesus, uh, as you see, is a learner. You see him in the temple mm-hmm. uh, in Luke as a young boy at the age of somewhere around 12, I think it says, or at least that's what we believe. And the scribes and the Pharisees are surrounding him wondering, where did this where did this boy get this type of learning from? Mm-hmm. And obviously, we'd say that there's probably um, uh, something to do there with his d- divine nature at play. Uh, but also, as a 12-year-old boy, he was just a, a good student mm-hmm. in, his, in his human nature. And so Jesus learned Paul um, was one of the sharpest minds the world has ever known. I guess you can make the argument. Uh, wrote a majority of the book that is still the best-selling book uh, in the world. And um, he was educated in the world-class cities um, of that culture. Um, Tarsus would have been kind of like an Oxford mm. um, that we know of today. And uh, he sat under the, the most learned, um, learned rabbis of the day. And so they were sharp minds. They kept expanding. Um, and it's not like Jesus to disdain learning. He was an intentional learner, and we're called to be as well. The problem is a lot of times you've got this dichotomy that's put out before us that says if you're a learner and you fill your head up with theology and knowledge, it's going to squelch the heart passion Mm -hmm. of taking Jesus and his message to your friends in the world. But in this spiritual discipline, it's important to remember that it's not scholarship or devotion. It's not knowledge or zeal. It can be both and. You can have a full head and a full heart. And so um, that's kind of some of the reasons why uh, learning is important. Um, And if you look at the scriptures, you see a few places that talk about it. And primarily, you see the Proverbs talk a lot about learning. And I'll just read a few um, off off of my Bible here. But Proverbs 9.9 says, Instruct the wise, and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and he will learn more. So wise people desire more wisdom and learning is what that means. In Proverbs 10, verse 14, it says, The wise store up knowledge, but the mouth of the fool hastens destruction. So the idea that storing up knowledge um, is like treasure. Um, It goes on to say, The wealth of the rich is his fortified city. The poverty of the poor is their destruction. The reward for the righteous of the righteous is life. The wages of the wicked is punishment. Um, and then if you flip over to Proverbs eighteen fifteen, 
um, touches on the idea of acquiring knowledge. Uh, 18.15 says, The mind of the discerning acquires knowledge, and the ears of the wise seeks it. Um, and so this idea that uh, the wise are, are constantly looking to acquire more knowledge of who God is and His work in this world. And then lastly, Proverbs 23, verse 12 um, says, Apply yourself to discipline and listen to words of knowledge. And so constant encouragement in this wisdom book to pursue knowledge in the Christian life. And it's really a spiritual discipline that characterizes uh, the wise person. Um, and so that's that's why we should sure. pursue it. Do you think we're we're sort of in an anti-intellectual period in time in the church right now? Well, I think if um, you you look at the American church, there's so much good, rich theology. For instance, I think about it in uh, the songs that we sing, mm-hmm. and that's one way that we learn. Yes, uh, we are shaped and formed by singing. And a lot, I was, of, a lot of folks would argue that's the primary reason we sing in church. Man. And oftentimes the words that we sing, they're giving us words to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if we're doing that, we want to be speaking rich, weighty words that are rooted in Scripture and in historical theology. And I just look around sometimes and I'll watch worship services online, for yeah, instance. Yeah. And it's very um, fluffy, I guess, for lack of a better word. You mean you don't like singing the same seven words over and over That's and over right. again? <laughs> That's right. One of the things, I, you know, I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but one of the things that I think we highlight at Trinity Grace, and even in the Presbyterian Reformed tradition, is um, we're going to sing, um, we're going to just sing weighty, mm-hmm. old, uh, traditional hymns. And we'll also incorporate some new stuff that is theologically rich. Yeah. Um, a lot of the things that the Gettys are doing is really good, and it feels like hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, we definitely want it to be robust. And so, um, yes. I, and then if you, if you move to the teaching aspect of the, yeah. the Sunday service, a lot of times um, it's five steps for a better marriage. Mm. And, you know, that's just not necessarily... Um, uh, you get that at Barnes and Noble in the self help section. Yep, eleven ninety five. Um, and so uh, the idea of teaching what God says about marriage and how Jesus gives us the ability to love our spouse, I think, is a little more in depth um, than what you hear uh, in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And then obviously Christian education. Um, and so uh, you know, this podcast is one avenue that we hope to reach folks yeah. um, and encourage them to continue learning about theology and the Bible. You know, I've encountered folks um, in in the past, not necessarily a recent past, but just before, who um, would sort of argue that theology is less important than, quote-unquote, loving Jesus. Like, I don't need theology. I just want to love Jesus. Yes. And um, it, it there's there's this analogy that is, is not my own. I got this from someone, but I can't remember who. Um, like, if, if I told my wife, um, honey... Uh, I don't want to know about you. I just want to love you. <laughs> that that yeah. sounds silly. Like, but, you know, to not know what she likes to eat for dinner, but just yes. want to sort of, I don't know, be affectionate or something is is silly in any other relationship. That is a, that's a pretty good analogy um, and, and how we're thinking about this tonight. Um, it's a really good analogy. 
you, you got to know about your wife yeah. uh, if you want to have a relationship with you her. You have to know about anyone or anything that you claim to love. Absolutely. And it, it makes me think of this R.C. Sproul quote that I came across today as I was thinking about this and, and reading a little bit about it. He says, God has made us with a harmony of heart and head, of thought and action. The more we know him, the more we're able to love him. The more we love him, the more we seek to know him. To be central in our hearts, he must be foremost in our minds. Religious thought is the prerequisite to religious affection and obedient action. And it's kind of just what you said, yeah. um, except you used a lot more understandable analogy than <laughs> R.C. Sproul's quote here. <laughs> and so um, you got to know somebody if you want to love them. Yeah. And, uh, and it's interesting because the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, mm-hmm. and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And a lot of times when we think of love, we think about our hearts, and rightfully so. But we're called to love God with our minds just as much as we are with our heart and soul and strength. And I think that's uh, a way that we can glorify God is by getting to know Him. Mm -hmm. So what do you think? Are people naturally thinkers or lovers? Um, You know, this is an interesting conversation because I think in Reformed Presbyterian tradition, if you were to see uh, a Calvinist drawn, uh, it would be a stick person with a huge brain on Mm -hmm. top. Is normally uh, what we would be, um, I guess, characterized as in in the PCA. And I've come to learn more and more uh, over the past decade, I guess, primarily through the works of um, a philosophy professor, Christian philosophy professor in Michigan, named named James K. A. Smith. Um, that we are not primarily motivated by our brains, but we're motivated by our hearts. And that's why you can know a lot about God. You can know what's right and wrong. Um, you can know that you're called to love, um, but you don't actually do it because you don't desire it. Mm-hmm. And so I think uh, a more uh, a, a more apt drawing would, would likely be a big heart with a stick figure drawn around it. Sure. And maybe a brain too. Maybe it's both. Um, because you've got to have a brain to know what God loves. And as you continue to know it, it shapes and forms your desires. Yeah. And so I think it's both and, but I definitely think in our tradition, we are prone to undersell the heart and how we're driven by our affections. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, our affections can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And Paul says as much in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, where he says, renew uh, be transformed uh, by the renewing of your mind. Um, let me flip there uh, just so I make sure that I get it right. But Romans 12, Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So this idea of learning leads to what we desire and our affections being pointed towards Him. This is such a critical point. It's one of the issues that I've always taken with this sort of um, passion-first movement in the church that de-emphasizes theology and emphasizes um, you know, passion or being sold out or um, you know, surrendering, all, like put, put in your Christian slogan, whatever. Um, is passions can be so easily manipulated and so easily um, just misled, mm-hmm. even by people using scripture. 
Okay, so it's important for us to renew our minds so that that can drive our passions rather than leading with our passions, which can just be, Yep. I mean, if we're leading with our passions, then we're, we're no better than the animals. Yes, sure. That's a great point. Um, and so, I mean, that's why this is important. Even if we would make the argument, like I would, we're driven by our affections primarily. Mm-hmm. And um, I, don't, I don't disagree. I think it, ha- but, but it's, those affections have to be influenced yes, by the right things. I would agree with that 100%. And so that's why I think the danger is is if we start talking about affections, we can't stop talking about learning. Mm-hmm. It's got to be both and, not either or. And by the way, that's just normally the way that things fall. When we start talking either or, we're normally getting in trouble theologically. Yes. I mean, you think about the... Um, uh, the early church trying to figure out who Jesus was, you know, was he God or was he man? Mm. It wasn't either or, it was both and. Yep. And this is one of those instances too, is it the head or the heart? And it's not either or, it's both and. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a, a really important point to keep in mind. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I think it'd be good to sort of wrap up in this final segment talking about maybe some resources that people can use to... Um, to pursue the spiritual discipline of learning. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think? Books, podcasts, yep. what else? I think uh, primarily, uh, yeah, that's right. This podcast might be yeah, one of the... you're doing it right now. We're doing it right now, <laughs> um, if, if you've listened thus far. Um, but I think primarily, obviously, studying the scriptures mm-hmm. is our foundation. And uh, I mentioned it in the past, but the, uh, the food uh, author, Michael Pollan, um, talks about uh, you get... Um, you get nutrients from uh, vegetables that can't be listed on a nutritional fact sheet. Okay. And in some ways, that's what the scripture is for us. Um, we're getting nutrients that are kind of implicit and spiritually. And you could kind of think of Christian literature, like R.C. Sproul, for instance. Mm-hmm. We just read him. That's kind of like a vitamin. Um, it's something that we can take um, that augments uh, the meal of Scripture. And so I think the Bible is first and foremost primarily what we should be studying and learning from. You can use great commentaries in order to understand more of that. A study Bible, Mm -hmm. the ESV study Bible, or the Reformation study Bible are two great options. Um, In fact, if you don't have one of those, it would be worthwhile buying one and having it Mm -hmm. in your home. Um, other avenues are just good devotional literature, and you know people have different opinions on who you should read. Uh, some folks would say you should read a dead guy, and then you know maybe someone living, or maybe read three dead guys for every one living person you read. Um, and so I, I've never heard that framework. But oh, like you've it. never? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, read Calvin and Luther, or even read some of the church fathers. And then go read uh, Max Lucado if you'd like, I guess. Um, but kind of uh, the guys that have lasted um, yeah. the the time. Do you have any book recommendations or, or, or specific authors that people should pursue? You know, um, I I love some of the newer guys that I really love. Um, J. I. Packer is hard mm-hmm. to beat. Um, if you were to pick up one book. Um, this week, in order to kind of learn more about who God is, I would recommend J.I. Packer's Knowing God, just a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I like a lot of Tim Keller um, for philosophy of ministry, um, intellectual kind of apologetics mm-hmm. thinking. Um, who else do I like? I love James K.A. Smith, who's new, uh, who talks about how we're driven and formed by what we desire and, and our affections. Um, it's been really helpful uh, over the past decade for me. 
I listen to a lot of podcasts. Another way that you can learn is by listening to podcasts, obviously not just this podcast, but almost all seminaries now are offering their courses for free online. Mm-hmm. And so you can go and dive into you know the New Testament epistles from Covenant Seminary, and you've got 24 classes there to learn as you're driving around town mm-hmm. and taking jogs. Listen to a lot of sermons. Um, normally, I'll listen to three or four, sometimes five sermons a week. I'm not trying to toot my own horn. I just enjoy that. And if I'm jogging, um, that's normally what I'm doing. Every once in a while, I'll just listen to music, but normally it's somebody yeah. uh, preaching. So what are some good podcasts or sermons that you that you listen to? Oh, guys uh, that I listen to or, or podcasts that I, I listen to. Um, uh, I like a lot of um, a pastor in California. His name is uh, Brent Webster. Um, he preaches at a, a PCA church plant in uh, Oakland, California. Um, and he is a peer of mine, and he's planting a church there in conjunction with RUF at Berkeley. Mm. Um, and so I really appreciate him. Another guy I love is Ray Cortese in Florida um, at Seven Rivers Presbyterian Church. He tends to preach for about 50 to 55 minutes. Whoa. But it's so engaging that it doesn't feel that long. I've always appreciated Matt Chandler. Oh, yeah. Um, I think that he is super engaging and, and applicable. Um, in his preaching and in his style. Um, but those are a few that, that I'll gravitate towards. Yeah. So I'm a fan of a, of a couple that I'll throw out there. Um, I, I like Matt Chandler's sermons as well. His style is just fun to listen to. Um, he's got some good things to say. Uh, I'm a big fan of the White Horse Inn. Yep. Um, that's a great uh, – they're like 30 minutes long, which is perfect running length for a fat guy like me. So mm-hmm. you might can listen to two of them when you go on a run <laughs> or something. But uh, – uh, that's a that's a great resource. Uh, really like that one. And then there's a podcast out there called Theocast, uh-huh. um, which I really enjoy, enjoy. There's three guys from different parts of the country, and they get together and talk about uh, various things. So you know, I need to listen to more of those type of things in my own life. I, I tend to listen more to sermons, but <laughs> I've heard great things about the White Horse Inn. Oh yeah, and, and other um, things like that. The, the last guy I'll mention that I love. And he's got the best voice, but he was my pastor growing up in Germantown, Tennessee, uh, a man by the name of uh, Jimmy Young and Grace Evangelical Church. Um, really, really gifted preacher. Towards the end of his ministry, he's about to retire, but listen to him all the time. Sure. Um, on the book front, um, I want to I want to plug, you mentioned him earlier, I want to plug R.C. Sproul. I think he's got a lot of books that are very approachable for folks. I read several of them as a as a high school student yep. and they were not above, above um, they're perfect for that sort of yes. audience. Someone who's maybe new to deeper questions or something yep. like that. Um, very approachable. Man. And then his, uh, I guess, uh, educational series you mm-hmm. can find on YouTube. And those are great too. So good. I, I mean, so many people got started on theology and specifically reformed theology by RC Sproul. I mean, yeah. I've just got books uh, in my bookshelf um, from him, you know, mid nineties to early two oh, yeah. thousands. And, um, the other thing I'll mention about theology is we often think that it doesn't lead to passion, but I have seen, uh, specifically coming from Memphis, Tennessee, I don't want to say there was a revival that happened in the nineties and in the two thousands, but every once in a while you'll see pockets of the country. Like in our denomination, I'm always surprised by how many ministers we have that come from Lakeland, Florida. Hmm. 
I can name about six or seven ministers that have pretty good influence in our denomination that came from that part of the country, and you couldn't even point to it on no, a map. No idea. But might be near a lake. In, yeah, that's Maybe right. There's some land there too. <laughs> Lots of oranges. <laughs> but the thing is, you can go back, and all these guys are within about five to ten years huh. of each other. And there's these little pockets, and what drives them is normally a refocus and a love of theology and learning. Mm-hmm. And the Lord uses that. We often think, oh, let's get through the theology because that's not applicable. Um, but normally that's what God uses to kind of set fire to mm-hmm. some folks and and even call them into deeper service for him. And so um, I've just seen it a few times in certain areas of the country, Memphis being one of those, and me being the recipient of that, mm-hmm. where theology, it was kind of cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. And when it was cool, I, I mean, you just saw folks wanting to go out and minister. And there's something that the Lord was doing that I can't quite put my finger on, but theology was a big piece of that puzzle. Yeah, that, that's a great point. I think that's a great point to end on. Do you have any final thoughts on this topic for the good of the group? I don't think so. Great. Well, we'll wrap it up there, folks. We appreciate you tuning in to this edition of TGC Midweek. If you have questions about the spiritual discipline of learning or any of the other disciplines we've been talking about over the last few weeks, I encourage you to email those questions to questions at trinitygracesa.org. Michael and I would love to take a stab at those on a future episode. We appreciate you tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you later.